Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, November 6th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, today coming up in the podcast feeds, you will hear a very special episode that was long in the making, longer than I even knew. Because on Friday, I had a wonderful 45, 50-minute conversation with the one and only Mary Lou Henner. It was an absolute delight. She is coming to New York, actually today. She's traveling to New York today on Monday to begin the off-Broadway run of Mad Women of the West. We talk all about that show. We talk about her career, including shows that she is not technically able to mention. So we danced around what shows she was actually talking about, but all of the friendships that she made that still continue to this day from a certain TV show that featured a cab company and how the stars of that show still regularly meet every few weeks on Zoom together. We also dove into her incredible memory, which if you don't know about that, she can basically recall everything that's ever happened to her. And we talked about a lot of other things. So we will have that in the podcast feeds, both in Patreon and in the regular feed today. You will definitely not want to miss that. If you are not on our Patreon, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. I've got a very special interview coming up today that I'm going to be conducting with an old friend who has appeared, I believe this is, I'm getting the dates correct, has appeared in three different Broadway shows in the past two weeks. So you'll hear all about that, uh, and that'll be a Patreon exclusive, so you do not want to miss it. All right, Grace, let's dive into the big news that happened on Friday, and that is the casting for the Broadway premiere of the musical adaptation of Water for Elephants. This is a show that previously had an out-of-town tryout at the Alliance Theater in Atlanta. Some of the cast from Atlanta is coming, and then there are some new people coming to the cast. This is based off the novel by Sarah Grun, and it features a book by Rick Ellis and music and lyrics by the Pigpen Theater Company. It is directed by Jessica Stone. Leading the company, as she did in Atlanta, will be Isabel McCulloch, currently playing Maisie in Shucked. Joining her from the Atlanta production are Stan Brown, Joe DePaul, Sarah Gettelfinger, and Wade McCollum. Now, joining them as new people in the cast is star of both stage and screen, but mostly screen. He appeared in Glee, and he played The Flash on the TV show The Flash for nine seasons. Grant Gustin, he'll be making his Broadway debut opposite Izzy. He played a warbler on Glee, Grace, which I believe you probably remember. You were a, you were a pretty big Glee person, weren't you? Me? No, I didn't have a Rachel Berry uh, graduation party when I graduated high school. Not at all. Oh, so not you. Didn't, didn't, uh, obsess over that no, show at all whatsoever no, okay no. <laughs> so grant was in glee but then he became famous playing barry allen on the flash but before that he was in a national tour of west side story he has done a lot of musical theater things along the years they actually had a musical episode of the flash where him and melissa benoist from supergirl and jesse l martin and i believe darren chris guest starred in it as well so lots of musical chops from grant i'm very excited about that i think he's fantastic but also joining the production who were not a part of the atlanta tryout is greg edelman who is i love seeing him on stage paul alexander noland and others the rest of the cast is still to be announced the show will begin performances at the imperial theater on february 24th ahead of a March 21st opening. Now, this show, if you are unfamiliar with it, or the film adaptation, centers on 
a man who kind of runs away from his life. That's the character played by Grant, uh, Jacob Jankowski, who runs away and, and joins the circus. So there's a lot of acrobatics and stuff in that. That's why some of these people are actually Cirque du Soleil folks who are going to be a part of this company. I'm interested in, in the adaptation, how they do all of the circus stuff, Grace. They released a video of Grant and Izzy singing a song called Wild. As I said with the last song that the Pigpen Theater Company released, I am not bowled away by the music for this so far that they've released, but I will go out, go out and say... I was not blown away by the come from away music when I first heard it. And I thought, wow, this is kind of amateurish and not very good. And then, of course, when I saw it in context, I absolutely loved it. So I'm I'm holding out the possibility that that is the case here, especially when you put it into the bigger picture of all of the stuff happening from the circus side of things. Both Izzy and Grant sound great. Song, nah, not so much. But I'm certainly reserving judgment because I love both of those two very, very much. My heart fell out of my asshole when I saw Paul Alexander Nolan's name. It is not, not a day goes by when I don't think, what can we get him in? You know, like what, where's pan? And I am one of the biggest pan fans pan. that there is. And <laughs> I've, never, um, <laughs> I've never heard him called that before. It took me a minute. You've never like, heard of pan pan? No, I, I was like, is, did he, does he, is he like playing Captain Hook in a Peter Pan musical? No, Pan, Paul Alexander Nolan. Got it, got it, got it. Got yeah, it. I'm a Pan fan. Um, I, I'm, I don't know where this started, but I feel like I made it up. Um, he's just God's gift. I, I, I was like, either go in a Shakespeare and Juliet or give me this or give me something else. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, I just, I'm obsessed with him. I think he's so good. He's so talented. Um, and I think he's a light in any production that he's in. Um, obviously, you just saw him in Parade. And um, what's cool is I I got to work on an album recently that Wade McCollum was on uh, that was featured in um, about Key West. And so uh, about this writer in Key West. And I think um, especially with like Ernest Shackleton loves me. And um, I just think he's so talented. The first time I ever saw him was actually at a drag bar. He was performing songs from Hedwig. And I was like, Mm. what? (laughs) He's so great. Um, So I actually think this cast is pretty gorgeous and fantastic and talented. And I'm really excited to see more. I I love they released a music video. Um, What's funny is I follow one of those musicians that was in the music video. And unfortunately, his Instagram stories leaked this to me last week. Um, He was like, new stuff coming. And it was Izzy. And I was like, um, that's definitely going to be a water for elephants uh, music, video. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. whatever. Uh, anyways, um, it pays to, to follow everybody, everybody, but I think that, yeah, it's, it's really sweet. I I'm, I'm curious to see, uh, the whole show because I didn't see it in Atlanta and I know that a lot of people had different feelings about it and they're curious about the adaptation. So I am curious as well. Yeah, we will see what happens. It's going to be a very, very busy spring with a lot of musicals. So it's going to be tough for any show really to break through unless it has a huge star or a huge name recognition. So even something like The Notebook, I don't think is guaranteed to break through just based off of the IP itself. And I think The Notebook IP is much stronger, obviously, than Water for Elephants. But I, I think that we've seen adaptations like that not work. And I'm I'm a little curious and concerned about how much is coming in the spring that everything might get drowned out. But I'm hoping for the converse to happen where we have a a rising tide lifting all boats. So we will see what happens with this one when it begins performances at the Imperial in February. All right. Speaking of things beginning performances, let's run through this week's theatrical schedule. And actually, it's all off Broadway and a lot of it happening 
at Playwrights Horizons. But starting first on Wednesday over at Second Stage, we have the new play by Jen Silverman called Spain. It will begin performances. It is directed by Tyne Raffaelli. It stars Andrew Burnap, Marin Ireland, Zachary James, Eric Lochtefeld, and Danny Wollahan. The plot description reads thusly, step into a sophisticated, slippery world where the line between truth and fiction is all in the packaging. It's 1936, and a pair of passionate filmmakers have landed their next big project, a sweeping Spanish Civil War film with the potential to change American hearts and minds. It just so happens to be bankrolled by the KGB. The performances, as I said, begin on Wednesday, and it is currently scheduled to run through December 17th. Then we will head over also on Wednesday to two shows beginning previews from Playwrights Horizons. Now, this is a part of a group of three one-person shows that'll be running in rotation in November. The first one began performances last week, Sad Boys and Harpy Land. The next two will begin performances on Wednesday. One of them we've talked about before is called School Pictures. It is written and performed by Milo Kramer and directed by Morgan Green. Faith Hates Reading, Jane Lost Her Flashcards, and Javier Sees No Point in Studying Because of Climate Change. This playful collection of poem songs written and performed by Milo Kramer, a former tutor, paints intimate portraits of 10 New York City students fighting to get into competitive schools. The next one is called Amusements. Written and performed by Ikechku Ofumadu and directed by Namuna Kise. In the show, you watch as this actor, entertainer, and avant-garde soothsayer pursues his goals with serene diligence, defying genre while operating within the bounds of international law. His signature use of the time-tested tools of words, music, and light multimedia are sure to usher you oh so gently into a haze of mirthful absurdity. And again, these three shows with Sad Boys and Harpy Land are going to be rotating throughout the month. They all will uh, actually technically open on Sunday. And then they will close either at the end of November or beginning of December. If you want to check out more information, head over to the show notes. Then on Friday, heading into New World Stages is the new show from the Play That Goes Wrong team called Mind Mangler, A Night of Tragic Illusion. It is by the mischief team of Henry Lewis, Jonathan Sayer, and Henry Shields. In the show, the mind mangler has returned to the stage following a disappointing two-night run in Scranton, Pennsylvania. It is a new show that is predicted to spiral into chaos as he attempts to read your mind. Always very fun anytime the mischief team gets together for something. So excited to see what happens there. And if you want, you can do a two-show day with this in the play that goes wrong. And then finally, on Sunday, we have scene partners from the Vineyard Theater currently scheduled to run through December 17th. We've talked about this one quite a bit. A new play by John J. Caswell Jr., directed by Rachel Chavkin and starring Diane Wiest. The show follows a 75-year-old Meryl who ditches her ice-cold Milwaukee home for sunny Los Angeles, hell-bent on becoming a movie star. Also joining Wiest in the cast are Eric Berryman, Johanna Day, Josh Hamilton, Carmen M. Hurley, and Kristen Saie. I know this is one you're very excited. Grace, when are you going to see Scene Partners? Um, it's coming up. It's literally probably next week. Um, I cannot wait for this. I'm excited to talk to them. I've been really looking forward to this. I don't think I'm building it up too much. Um, they've just, I think they just announced it, the extension, right? So like I'm I'm really just pumped. I love off Broadway. I've been too much trapped between 44th and 51st <laughs> the past, you know, I don't know, nine weeks. So um I'm really excited to see this one. 
Absolutely. And the vineyard really doesn't miss very often, if ever. So if it is something that the vineyard is putting together, chances are it's going to be great. And with a creative team like this, you have to imagine it's going to be fantastic. And Rachel Chavkin, like never not represented in New York City. Like she always has a show either running or getting ready to run. Because like as soon as this closes, on to Limpica. All right, let's do some in development work. First, let's head to the Westport Country Playhouse where they will be doing a reading of a new play by Paul Slade Smith called Theater People. It is an adaptation of a Hungarian farce called Play in the Castle. Mark Shanahan will direct. They will be doing this on Monday, a week from today. The cast will feature Shireen Ahmed, Beth Level, Grace, one of your favorites, John Rapson, along with Rodolfo Soto and the great Lee Wilkoff. It is set in 1948 in a Newport mansion, and the comedy follows Charlotte and Arthur, a married playwright couple, Margot, a celebrated ingenue, Victor, a narcissistic Broadway baritone, and Oliver, a young and secure novelist, as well as Olga, an unabashedly unhelpful housekeeper. Sounds like fun. Sounds like a great cast. And Grace, we were just talking about kind of like the longevity of Little Shop of Horrors. And so, of course, to have Lee Wilkoff in there is is always fun. That sounds good. Anytime I get to see John Rapson is a day that I am, again, made whole. Um, it's it's just, I'm actually like staring at my Sweeney Todd album right now as we're recording this. He's not on it, but um, Lynn Carey is it. So whatever. Um, but yeah, I, that's <laughs> that's a stellar group. And um, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, we've been talking about little, I don't even know why little shop keeps like creeping up into every single conversation we have, but it will continue to do so. So thank you. All right. Another show kind of doing industry readings. This one will actually take place this Friday. There'll be two industry readings for a new play called The Code. It is written by Michael McKeever and directed by Christopher Renshaw. It features a cast of Tracy Bennett, Davi Santos, Wesley Taylor and Tuck Watkins, who I know has become like a theater guy. He was in the boys in the band in uh, on Broadway. He did the inheritance out in LA. He is now the partner of Andrew Reynolds. I know him from one life to live where he played David Vickers for over a decade. So it is very strange to me to see Tuck Watkins becoming a theater person. When I know him as this rapscallion scoundrel all through Landview, Pennsylvania, but nonetheless, this show is set in 1950s Hollywood and involves real-life people Billy Haynes, Henry Wilson, and Tallulah Bankhead. Tallulah Bankhead is being played by Tracy Bennett, currently off-Broadway, and here we are in just an absolutely psychotic turn in Sondheim's final musical. If you want to hear more information about that or how you can get more information on this industry invitation-only reading, you can check out the show notes. And then finally, this one is interesting. Duncan Sheik and Steven Sater have been working on a musical called The Nightingale for about 20 years. It is based on a Hans Christian Andersen fable set in ancient China, and it centers on a young emperor whose opulent life inside the walls of the Forbidden City is upended by the song of a nightingale that lives beyond his reach. This has previously been developed by New York Stage and Film, Vassar's Powerhouse Theater, La Jolla Playhouse, Moses Kaufman had been directing at one point. They have kind of come back to it after years of not working on it. And they're going to be doing two performances at Joe's Pub this coming Sunday. And it's been redirect, uh, redeveloped by director Zai Ali Khan and features a company of API identifying actors and creators. It stars 
Zachary Noah Pizer, Dorcas Leung, JG Makupagai, who is one of my favorites, Kylie Kuyoka, and John Yi. I feel like this one is probably not my thing because I don't usually love Duncan Sheik shows, but with a cast like that, I feel like if you've got nothing to do on a Sunday, hearing those people together singing anything is probably worth a trip. So if you want more information, you can check out the show notes. And then finally, let's get into a recommendation here. This is not necessarily a feel-good recommendation in the sense that we usually do them, Grace, because normally it's like, here, watch this video or read this article. But coming up, not this coming Wednesday, but the following Wednesday, November 15th, in celebration of the Museum of Broadway's one-year anniversary, they will be offering $1 tickets. Now, they're on a first-come, first-served basis, so I do not know how many of them are still available, but normally tickets can range anywhere from $25 all, all the way up. So if you want to get a $1 admission on the museum's birthday, November 15th, Check out the show notes. I've been to the Museum of Broadway, I think, three times now. It is so much fun and so cool. And what I love about it is, is that no matter how closely you pay attention to each of the exhibits, there is always something new that I find, even in things that I thought I'd, I'd kind of experienced all the way through. And of course, they are updating and changing things with new exhibits all the time. But even on like the stuff that I thought I'd like poured over the first time, I still continue to find little nuggets that are are worth the time. So if you want more information on the anniversary stuff, head over to the show notes. And if you have not been to the Museum of Broadway yet, I would highly recommend that. Grace, have, I assume you have gone, right? Have you, have oh, you been yeah. to the museum? Okay. I've had I've had really excellent like private tours of the space. Um and there and you should ask questions. If you ever go, like the the tenants and the docents that are there, like talk to them about it. You know, I will say they're they're very informed. I did have the honor of informing one of them, however, about the uh -oh. Andrew Lloyd Webber, very, very, very specific case that has been created on one end. It is information about Patty Lupone and Evita. And then on the other end of that exact same display is Glenn Close and Sunset Boulevard. And I had the distinct honor of informing the docent that was standing next to it why that was insane to put them together in the same glass case. So it's such a beautifully curated, not only like optically exciting uh, museum, but also just yeah. a carefully crafted historical reference that we all, I think, have all pined for in the theater community to have this level of Broadway kind of like a, a standard in, in the space, because I think that we have it scattered throughout the U.S., and like the Smithsonian's, like we've got musical theater history everywhere, but not kind of centralized in this way. And it's really, really beautiful. Yeah, to have all of those costume pieces and uh, and, and props and, and then also as you continue going later on into the museum, all of the technical stuff, the the sketches, the blueprints, all of those things is very, very cool. Like I think. Speaking of of Patty and Avita, like I think they've got one of her wigs uh, from the show as well. So very very cool. And also I, I will say their gift shop where you enter and exit is also fantastic. Like I've gone there multiple times to get gifts for nieces and nephews and people when I'm not going to the museum. Also, that's like one of the few places to get scenery bags. You have to normally yeah. order those. Um, scenery bags is this company um, that was founded to kind of like help with Broadway's like green initiatives and also just like to recycle materials and found objects from discarded, you know, Broadway shows or tours or things like that. Even shows that are long running, they have to, you know, they've, they've got things that they can donate yeah, and update um, they the drops them. and everything. Exactly. And so they've turned these items into fashionable little pouches and, and purses and um, earrings and things like that. And you can get them at that shop. You don't have to have like 
paid to go into the museum to to get those things. And especially mm-hmm. around like the holiday times now, like I highly recommend doing that. Absolutely. I got my niece. I don't exactly remember what it was, but it was some sort of necklace made out of a piece of props or something from Beetlejuice. So you can definitely do that there. It's a very, very cool experience to go to the Museum of Broadway. And it's something that I don't do every trip to New York, but every time I'm there with somebody who hasn't been, we end up going. So I think that's awesome. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can follow me pretty much anywhere at BWW. Matt Grace, where can people find you? You can find me at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Monday, a wonderful week, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.